Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at two NBA trades that took place very uh, recently and their effect on the Eastern Conference and the teams themselves. We're then going to look at my um, trade deadline predictions. I have um, predictions for every team, and we're going to look at those, seeing as um, this week starts um, the uh, trade deadline um, period, and then uh, I believe Thursday is the trade deadline day. So we're going to give you a prediction for each NBA team and um, how it uh, relates to the trade deadline, and we'll go from there. So we got two trades to discuss. The first one involves um, somebody who's in a little bit of hot water going to Oklahoma City and somebody who has been uh, a veteran playing all over uh, his whole career. So Trevor Reza is going to Miami in exchange for Myers Leonard and a second round pick. So we'll start with the Miami Heat. So Trevor Reza obviously gives them size at the wing, gives them another defensive wing off the bench. He's not as good as Jay Crowder, but he's going to hopefully try and fill that Jay Crowder role um, that they had last season. Um, he is someone who can get you pretty solid minutes um, and a good veteran who can mentor some of your younger wings and younger players. Um, I think this is a good move for them because what they gave up really wasn't too much. I think the draft pick doesn't matter and obviously Myers Leonard. Uh, it's probably a better thing to get rid of him now seeing as he's been uh, having his issues. For Oklahoma City, like I said, um, you know, Myers Leonard does have some baggage with the anti-Semitic words that were said on a Twitch stream, and um, he is uh, definitely not looking so good right now. Um, I don't know if he'll get released. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Some believe he'll stick around until the deadline if uh, OKC wants to make more moves and use his salary as um, uh, swap purposes. I don't really know exactly what their plan with him is. Most likely, if nothing comes of it, they'll just get rid of him, release him, and who knows if he'll have a home. You know, he's a good player, but he's in the media for the wrong reasons right now, and I don't know if teams want to take that chance. So this was more about the draft pick. I think Leonard was the, the swapping salaries to make this match work. Um, but adding another pick, I mean, OKC has uh, 15 second-round picks and 17 first-round picks, which means... They can, in theory, move up in this year's draft. They could move up in future drafts. They could add superstars. If uh, Shy Julius Alexander is a great player and OKC has a top five pick, which that guy turns out to be great, they could go after someone like Bradley Beal and throw a bunch of picks at Washington. They could go after a whole host of potential players down the line who may end up being disgruntled with their own teams. And so adding draft picks doesn't hurt. Second round picks don't matter as much, but if you throw enough of them out there, maybe it'll uh, make things work. So, you know, OKC is looking good. This is a good move for Miami. Um, both teams benefit. I expect George Hill to get moved as well. Maybe Al Horford, probably not. But OKC is looking pretty good. Their cap sheet looks great. So really, Al Horford's their only bad contract. And so in theory... They could make more moves and add more disgruntled bad contracts and potentially add more draft assets to go along with it. For example, Kevin Love, if the Cleveland Cavaliers were a playoff team and they were fighting and they didn't want Kevin Love, then they'd look at OKC as a spot to throw some draft picks at them to take on the Kevin Love contract. 
But at this point, they're such a bad team that they have to hold on to him because they're not going to give up first-round picks to get off of Kevin Love. So OKC is in a good spot in terms of draft picks, and I think um, they're making it work. And I think Miami works uh, in this deal as well. Then we have a second trade, which I love this one a lot because the team, uh, Milwaukee, just doesn't have a lot they can do, and they made something uh, happen. So basically, the deal as it's structured is P.J. Tucker, Rodrigo Krukos, and a 2022 uh, uh, first-round pick going uh, to Milwaukee. And then D.J. Augustine, D.J. Wilson, a 2023 um, first-round pick. And then 2021 pick swap uh, rights um, going to Houston. So the pick swap is basically uh, Milwaukee's first-round pick getting swapped if they want to with the second round pick from Houston, which is at this point going to be somewhere in the uh, 30 range because Houston's not that good, 30 to 40. So in theory, you could only be swapping for 10 spots moving up, but I'm assuming Houston's going to accept it no matter what because the first round pick's better than the second round pick. At this point, the 2022 and 2023 picks don't matter. They were only thrown in because Houston owned the 2022 uh, first-round pick from Milwaukee, and in order to make the stipend rule work and this trade to work, they had to swap 22 and 23. So the picks aren't really going to matter because um, you're assuming that Milwaukee will be around the same. Maybe 2023 it'll be a better pick in Houston's favor, but odds are it doesn't really matter. It's just making this deal work. They needed to swap those picks. Obviously, P.J. Tucker didn't want to be where uh, he is, and going to Milwaukee, where he can come off the bench, be a small ball five, take Brook Lopez place every now and again. He's a good player. I think uh, Krukos is more of a throw-in. I think DJ Wilson um, could be a little bit better in Houston, just because he'll get a more, um, you know, expanded role. And then obviously DJ Augustine was, I think, more of a throw-in, just a salary match. So this is a good trade for both sides, I think. I look at it like I, uh, like I said, the first round picks don't really matter except for the, the pick swap. So if you're looking at this as P.J. Tucker is not going to be here, let's get you know a pick that's 10, 12 spots higher than where we're going to be in the second round. It works. So you know they can go from there. And the guys they traded away don't really matter in my opinion, um, You know, at least Milwaukee. So Milwaukee didn't have a ton of cap space because Holiday takes up a lot, uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis. So... It's a good move, and I think it's one, to me, that makes Milwaukee better. I think Houston's kind of going to take a playbook from OKC, um, maybe acquire as many picks as they can get and start from scratch. Although, right now, OKC does own Houston's first-round pick this year, unless it's, I believe, top three, in which case um, Houston would be snagging their pick back. And I think that extinguishes the, the whatever pick situation. Um, right there. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if there is a pick swap or if it's just if the pick is top three, it stays. If not, it goes, but who knows? I think uh, overall, um, you know, Houston's adding more picks. I expect more to come out of them, and we will discuss Houston when we get to Houston when we look at the trade deadline. So, yeah, let's shift to the trade deadline um, and look at that. Basically, I am going to be looking at the East and the West in one potential situation that could take place during the trade deadline one trade that could go down one player or players who have been rumored that might get moved or maybe they don't get moved and so we'll just kind of go down the line and 
We'll look at every rumor. Um, we'll go to one uh, for each team. So 76ers first. I think the 76ers, uh, this trade deadline will trade for either DeLon Wright or George Hill. I think they've been interested in a backup point guard or you know, someone else who can play the, the point guard position. And you do have um, Diebold, who's more of a wing. You have Tyrese Maxey, who is a combo guard, more of a shooting guard. Same with Shake Milton. So they need another guard in there, another, you know, point guard, shooting guard type player. I could see them going after DeLon Wright, maybe trading away someone like Mike Scott and maybe Thibold in the second round pick to get that done. Um, I mean, maybe George Hill gets traded for some second round picks or a protected first and some other assets. Um, so, yeah, I think one of those guys is going to go to Philly. I don't really see them going after any... Um, you know, good players, um, Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal, any of those big names, I think they're going to stick with kind of the smaller names and just kind of uh, add a role piece, uh, hopefully, to help them. So, uh, yeah. Then we have up next is the Brooklyn Nets. And what I think they're going to do for this uh, trade deadline is they're going to trade Spencer Dinwiddle for another big. I think right now they have... Uh, a good group of guards with um, Kyrie and James Harden, who are both ball handlers. They have off the bench Landry Shamit and Bruce Brown. I think they have Joe Harris, who can play the shooting guard and the small forward. He'll probably be um, maybe a starting small forward, maybe your backup. And I think they need another big. I think Nick Claxton gets hurt a lot. I think they need someone in there who can be a little bit more of a dominant force. Looking at who they have, Blake Griffin gets hurt a lot. DeAndre Jordan gets hurt a lot. Durant. So they need another big who is most likely going to play, and he could be a combo power forward center, somebody who, in theory, is a lot healthier. Larry Nance Jr. makes a lot of sense to me um, as someone who could fit that. Uh, that's what I think they'll do. They'll get a big man, somebody who is a lot healthier than the guys they have because come playoff time, they're going to need everyone all hands on deck if they want to really compete. So that's uh, my opinion. Number three. Um, and this is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And what I believe is they're not going to do anything else. They already got P.J. Tucker. I think at this point, they aren't going to do anything else. They really don't need to do anything else. And unfortunately, they don't have any real cap space to sign players or really make uh, any significant moves unless, you know, they want to trade part of their core. So they're going to stick put. They already made their move, P.J. Tucker, and that's it. Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, despite the rumors and despite articles that will come out and say that there were offers on the table, John Collins is staying put. I think what we will see is John Collins will be in a bunch of rumors. He could even get um, put on the market. And there may even be articles that come out days later saying that there was almost a deal taking place with John Collins and someone else. We're going to probably get those rumors and we're going to get that news where, oh, Minnesota was interested in John Collins, but it never got to whatever point or the Celtics were willing to offer this and it wasn't enough and John Collins didn't get traded so I believe that uh, that's going to be the case they're not going to actually trade Collins despite articles coming out saying that he was close to being on the move Miami Heat are up next and I believe that Miami is going to get another piece um, a big piece and they're going to trade either 
Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, or Casey Copla to do so, along with draft picks and whatever filler salary they need. That could be someone like Victor Oladipo. That could be someone like Bradley Beal. That could be someone like Miles Turner. It could be, I don't even know, Aaron Gordon. There are a bunch of names out there that could fill that. I think they're not done. I think Trevor Reza was just a small move. They're going to add more. Miami's really going to go for it because there are a lot of people out there, myself included, who say that last season was a fluke and that Miami can't repeat themselves. And I think Miami knows that, and so they're going to go out and try and get more pieces in the hopes that maybe down the line they can actually, um, you know, compete for a championship, win a championship. And if they can get to the finals again, then they can prove all the haters wrong and say, look, last season was the bubble, but that doesn't mean anything. We're still good. We can still get to the finals. Next, we have the New York Knicks, and my uh, prediction for the Knicks, or what I think they're going to do, um, is they are going to make a big move and capitalize on this very good season. The Knicks are surprisingly good this year. We didn't expect it. Everyone expected them to be at the bottom, just like uh, they have been. But Leon Rose is doing a lot better. I think James Dolan, I haven't heard too much about him in the media, which means he's either shutting his mouth and staying away, or it's just he hasn't done anything worth you know, media attention. But at this point, they're going to go out and make a lot of moves this trade deadline because they're going to want to get better. They're going to want to add pieces. They're going to want to actually, you know, fight for, you know, a top five seed in the East and try their best to make the playoffs and do everything they can. And, you know, you don't get seasons like this from them often. And so they're going to kind of, uh, you know, take Julius Randle, Derek Rose and RJ Barrett and run with it and, you know, add another piece and, make themselves much better. Next up is the Boston Celtics, and I believe the Boston Celtics will use half or close to half of their trade exception and then save the rest for the offseason. I think Danny Ainge knows uh, all well that they need to make a move despite the fact that, in theory, they haven't um, made moves at the deadline. Pretty sure the last move, trade deadline move they made was Isaiah Thomas in 2015. And so Danny doesn't like making deadline moves. I think they have to this year because the place uh, that they're in, which is seventh place, uh, is it's um, not good. I think they'll make the playoffs, but they need to make another move if they want to actually compete because they're only a few games back of the four seed, and so there is a chance that they could get up to that four seed if they add in something else. I think they're going to have to make a move. It's probably going to be a lower end whether that's Jonas Valanciunas, whether that's Larry Nance, whether that's, you know, Terrence Ross, you name someone, uh, could be any of those guys. I don't know if they'll go after Harrison Barnes or LaMarcus Aldridge unless he's uh, released. Um, I just think they're going to want to use a little bit now, a little bit later, split it in two and go from there. Next up is the Charlotte Hornets in this um, trade deadline. I believe that the Charlotte Hornets are going to add a big man. They're going to add a center. They're going to add someone who can play that position, whether that's Miles Turner, whose name hasn't really come up as much, whether that's uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, whether that's Jonas Valanciunas, whether that's you name it. I think they're going to have to get a big man, work with um, a team to try and get a trade done because, you know, they're having a great season. Uh, LaMelo Ball looks like Rookie of the Year, um, and, you know, Gordon Hayward's playing great, so they're going to capitalize on this, like the Knicks. Nobody really expected this good of a season, but now they're here, so they're going to have to fight, and they're going to have to 
make it happen. Next is the Chicago Bulls, and I believe that the Chicago Bulls will not trade Zach Levine, despite many teams having interest and many rumors coming out saying that deals could have taken place. So I believe Zach Levine is staying put. He is their all-star, and at this point, as much as the media uh, reports on it, you know, I think they're going to just stick with what they got. I think they might make other moves. Maybe they'll go after Alonzo. Maybe they'll go after someone else. But I think Zach Levine is staying for now. Next up is the Indiana Pacers. And at this point, Indiana is not going to make any moves. I think this is going to be a trade deadline where the Indiana Pacers stay where they are. I don't know if they're going to, you know, make the playoffs. But what I do think is that they're just not going to do anything. That's just my assumption. Next, Toronto Raptors. I think the Toronto Raptors are going to trade for a big man. That is a position of need. They have had interest in Andre Drummond. They've had interest in other centers, and I could easily see them making a move that helps their team. So, yeah, I think the Raptors will make a move for a center. I also think Kyle Lowry is staying put. Washington Wizards are up next, and I think the Wizards will not do anything despite teams calling about Bradley Beal. They won't do a, a damn thing. They'll just stick with what they got. They're not a good team. They're never a good team. It's just, to me, I don't see them making any moves. They're going to stay with what they got. Next up is the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think the Cavaliers will trade one of Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr., and JaVale McGee. So I think they will trade one of those guys. Maybe they'll trade two, but... um. I don't know if all four will get traded. I don't think Kevin Love um, is going to get traded um, just because his contract's too big and he's not really worth much. But uh, you never know. So I think one of those or two of those guys could get moved. Larry Nance is a fan favorite. And I was actually listening to um, a podcast, Locked On Celtics, where they talked with um, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, Locked On Cavs a reporter, and talked about Larry Nance Jr. and potentially a Celtics fit. And he said that it would be hard. The guy from the Cavaliers said it would be hard to get rid of Larry Nance. So I don't know if he's getting moved. But he does have value. I guess at this point teams will inquire because he is a good power forward who could play small ball center. Uh, it's all, you know, inquires, I'm sure, at this point. But if something comes up, it comes up. Next, we have the Orlando Magic. In my opinion, this trade deadline, Vucevic is staying put. But I think Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier uh, and Terrence Ross could and most likely will get traded. Those three guys are on the market, I think. Obviously, Fournier is a one-year. They, they want to get something back for him. Terrence Ross is having a great season. They'd like to get something for him. And Aaron Gordon is kind of a player they don't need if you have both Chuma Okiki, who's young, and you have Jonathan Isaac, who's young. So Aaron Gordon's going to get moved for sure, in my opinion. I think Fournier for sure. Terrence Ross, most likely, but I don't know. Next, we have Detroit. And I think Detroit, like the Magic, their best player is not getting moved, Jeremy Grant. But I could see DeLon Wright, Josh Jackson, Plumlee getting moved, maybe some other pieces. Um, I could see it. I don't see Grant getting moved because he's having such a good season. But, yeah, I believe that um, that's the case. Next up is the West. And so this trade deadline will start with the number one seed, Utah Jazz. They are not going to do anything. So I think the Utah Jazz at this point have the best team. They have no reason to make moves. They're not going to make moves. They're going to stick with what they have. They're doing good. Conley's great. 
Clarkson's great. Mitchell's great. Gobert's great. They're good with what they got. Next up is the Phoenix Suns. And I think the Phoenix Suns are going to trade for a power forward. Whether that be John Collins. Whether that be Grant. Whether that be Aaron Gordon. Whether that be, you name it, um, Mark Zaldridge. Um, they're going to trade for a power forward. That's what I believe. That's the only hole in their lineup. Yes, they have Cam Johnson. Yes, they have Jay Crowder. But those guys aren't starters. Um, they need a starter. Next up is the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Lakers are now in a rough spot because the two best players in Los Angeles, LeBron and Anthony Davis, are both hurt. Which means that there is a chance that they could slide a little bit more down the, the standings. They are good enough where they'll still make the playoffs, but their team just doesn't look that good with um, without their two stars. They're kind of just um, not the greatest. So Lakers, um, my prediction is they won't make any moves despite being all over the trade deadline media. I don't see them making moves. They don't have the pieces. Um, and with Anthony Davis and LeBron out, doesn't look so good. So yeah, Lakers. Moving on to the Clippers, and I think the Clippers will add a point guard, whether that be Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, um, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Elon Wright. They will make a move for a point guard. They will add in a piece that's just better than what um, they have with uh, Patrick Beverly and Reggie Jackson. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's their uh, situation. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, and I believe the Denver Nuggets will make a strong push to go after Victor Oladipo. I think Bradley Beal is off the table, and I think the Denver Nuggets uh, will go after someone who, I don't know if he'll stay, but they want to at least convince him to stay. I think the Nuggets have a great team. They can throw at him Michael Porter Jr., um, Jamal Murray, Jokic, a great head coach. These are all things they can throw at Victor Oladipo to keep him around. They're going to go after Victor Oladipo, make a strong push. My guess would be Gary Harris and a first-round pick, probably top 15 protected in 2021. Um, and the protections um, loosen until it becomes unprotected in uh, 23. So um, I think that's a fair deal because if you're Denver... You have to take the risk, which is maybe he leaves in free agency. And so if that's the case, you're just losing out on Gary Harris in a draft pick that doesn't matter as much. Um, and you open up cap space um, anyways because Gary Harris makes $19 million. So, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to go for Victor Oladipo. Whether they get him or not, um, that's uh, up in the air. But I think they're going to push hard. Next is the Portland Trailblazers. And I believe the Portland Trailblazers will acquire Aaron Gordon. I think um, Aaron Gordon is the perfect fit with Portland. You have basically two guys in Rodney Hood and uh, Derek Jones Jr. who are equal value in terms of contracts. Obviously, you have to add in more, but this is the basis. One of those guys in this trade, probably Rodney Hood. And then you're going to probably throw in Zach Collins for just the fact that he's young. And yes, he gets hurt a lot, but... That's a work in progress that your team really doesn't have to worry about. You know, you have Cantor and you have um, Nurkic, so you don't need him. So he'll probably get thrown in. And then maybe um, a couple of um, second-round picks and a first-round pick or just a first-round pick. Um, so I think Aaron Gordon's going to be in Portland because they need a power forward. He's one of the best available. And I think at this point... You know, Orlando is going to try their best to get what they can, and I think the Trailblazers will do that. Next, 
is the San Antonio Spurs, and I think the Spurs will do two things. One, tr either trade or um, buy out um, Mark Saldridge, and two, they are going to trade either Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, or DeMar DeRozan. So besides Aldridge, they're going to get rid of one of Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, DeMar DeRozan, probably Patty Mills because he is um, a point guard, and point guards are in high demand. I could see him, I didn't mention him as a Clippers target, but the Clippers could use him as a point guard. Maybe the Celtics take a flyer as uh, a player they can use with their trade exception. I think Patty Mills would be that other guy, maybe Rudy Gay as well, if you're looking for a combo forward. So that's just my opinion of the situation, and so I most likely would say that one of those guys will get moved with Aldridge getting moved or bought out or whatnot. Because I think the Spurs are kind of playing well with these young guys. They don't need the veterans in there. And that's just my uh, opinion. Moving on to the Dallas Mavericks. And my um, Dallas Mavericks prediction is they are going to add in a big man. So I think Andre Drummond is one option. I think Miles Turner could be another. Maybe they go after Valanchunas. Maybe they go after Cody Zeller. Maybe um, they go after uh, Hassan Whiteside. I think Dallas needs a center to go along with Porzingis because he's more of a stretch big, where in small ball situations it's great, but he's not a dominant center. He's a power forward by nature. And so to me, they need a center, and I think Dwight Powell is just not cutting it. Uh, Max Kelber is great off the bench, but that's his role. And Willie Cauley-Stein is just not what he lived up to be. So that is my opinion on him. Next is Golden State, and I think Golden State is going to trade Kelly Oubre. Now here's the deal. I think with the Golden State Warriors, Kelly Oubre is a one-year. He's an expiring. They had the Iguodala trade exception, and that's why they acquired him. But I think they want someone who's more um, contract years left. One year doesn't do it, especially because they don't have money to sign free agents. I think they're going to, you know, he makes $14 million. If you can get someone... Larry Nance Jr. or a Valanchunas or a, um, you know, Dylan Brooks or someone, you know, who makes 14, Ter Terrence Ross. Um, if you can make a trade happen, I think that would work because they want someone in there for a few years to kind of compete with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Weissman, Andrew Wiggins. They want a piece that can go with this group for a long time. And while I think Oubre could be that, I don't think they want to pay him and who knows what he's asking for. So... I think Oubre is getting traded. He's going to get traded for someone who can come in, who gives them some years. Maybe they go after Aaron Gordon, but I don't know. We'll see. Next up is the Memphis Grizzlies. And my Memphis Grizzlies um, uh, situation here, I think trade deadline situation is, they are going to trade Gorgie Dang to a team that has a very bad contract, and they're going to take on assets, uh, draft assets, picks, whatever. So I believe Gorgie Dang at one point in time was one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Now he's an expiring, which means he has more value than he did before. Because there are a lot of teams out there that have players who don't really fit the timeline, or they're just too expensive, or they're just on a big deal when they shouldn't be. So I expect uh, the Grizzlies to trade Dang to a team that has a contract that's just so... Um, big that they just have no use for it. They also have... You know, teams with, you know, guys on three, four-year contracts that aren't worth it. So I could see that taking place and the Grizzlies get a couple seconds or a first in exchange just to take on, um, you know, a contract that doesn't really um, 
work in today's NBA, and the player is not playing well, and so they're adding assets in that sense. Sort of like an Al Horford to OKC deal, because they took on the first in the second round picks solely to add Al Horford into that mix to get the picks to do so. Next is the Pelicans, and I believe that the New Orleans Pelicans will trade Eric Bledsoe or Lonzo Ball or J.J. Redick. Not all three, probably not two of them. One of those guys will get moved. Obviously, Lonzo's got the most value because he's the youngest. He is a one-year contract, which is an issue, but in my opinion, yeah, he uh, at this point is probably going to get moved. Maybe J.J. Redick could get moved or Bledsoe. Um, between those three, someone's getting moved. And maybe they'll bring in a shooting guard because that's kind of the only position that they have an opening. Yes, uh, Alexander Walker's um, their young guy, but I think they need a more dominant veteran taking uh, the fold. Next up is Sacramento, and I believe that the Sacramento Kings will trade away Harrison Barnes, Namjala Beljinka, and Buddy Heald at the deadline. I think all three could get moved, and they will. Buddy Heald's probably the least likely, but I think he still will get moved because he doesn't fit their timeline with Halliburton. And they have um, De'Aaron Fox. I expect the Kings to bring in draft picks and young players and kind of, I guess, keep doing what they're doing. But um, that's just my Kings prediction. Next up is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think Oklahoma City is going to trade away George Hill. And they're going to add more draft assets. So I believe that George Hill will get traded for a protected first-round pick from a playoff team. Whether that's the Celtics, whether that's Philly, Toronto, somebody will trade for George Hill. They will throw at the Thunder a protected first-round pick. And the Thunder will add another war chest draft pick to their uh, arsenal. So um, I think there are other guys that could get moved, but... At this point, George Hill seems like the most likely. Next is the Houston Rockets. I think the Houston Rockets, this is a two-parter. Number one, they will have a fire sale of all of their guys not named Christian Wood. And Victor Oladipo will be one of those guys who gets traded, but not to the Miami Heat. So there are rumors that Vic just wants to go to Miami. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to go somewhere else because I do think teams will offer something. And I think Miami just won't offer the right stuff because in Miami's eyes, they don't have to worry. If he's a free agent, he'll sign there. They got the cap space. In terms of the other teams, they're going to throw a better offer because they're like, we want to entice you to trade him here and we'll try in hopes to keep him around. I think Victor Oladipo could get persuaded to go somewhere. Maybe the Knicks go after him. Maybe the Celtics, maybe someone else. Um, I think he would stay in New York. I think he could stay in Boston if they have a good season. But, you know, I don't think Miami's going to offer too much because their thought process would be, we got cap space, let's just wait and see if he signs. Because he already said he wants to go there, so why give up all the assets? And then finally, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves. And my prediction for Minnesota is they're going to be deadline buyers despite the fact that they're the worst team in basketball. They have interest in John Collins. They have interest in Aaron Gordon. I think they'll be a buyer for sure, even though they are a terrible team and shouldn't be. I think the fact of the matter is they have a draft pick, which is looming, whether it's Golden State, whether it's their own. And so they're going to try their best to use their assets and kind of add in some pieces to get a little bit better. I think Josh Okogie has been okay, but not great. I think Culver was a bust at this point, although he's still young. 
He was not the sixth pick everyone expected. They have Rubio, who could be on the move. They need a power forward, so my best guess would be some sort of a Culver deal with um, a power forward coming in. They could do Jared Culver in a draft pick for John Collins if that's enough to get it done. I don't think it is, but they could try something like that. You know, they could go after Aaron Gordon with the same sort of package. Maybe they go after Wendell Carter or um, they go after Marvin Bagley uh, or Laurie Marketing. We'll see. But at this point, I think they're going to still do something this trade deadline, despite the fact that they probably shouldn't because they're not in any uh, way, shape, or form a playoff team. So that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode.